The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. It's just ransom theory, but with guns. I like the idea that a goat could be what saves us. There's some ties to Satanism there that I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> yeah, before you were born, you could disagree. <laughs> Alright, I'd like to welcome everyone to... Actually, I don't remember the episode number, but an episode of the Second Rate Saints podcast. Um, I am your producer guy, Caleb, um, and to my left is... Joel. Uh, I was producer last week, and now it's Caleb's turn. And to my left... So, Josh, I'm the facility manager. (laughs) Yeah, technically. To my left is uh, Caleb again, because we don't have Stuart or Colton. Yeah, it's just the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Three. The perfect number. We also don't have a studio, so I consider that a failure of our uh, hey, locations about, manager. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever you said. He's you were sacrificing his home. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what I want to know is, Caleb, what have you read? What have you, you been reading? You're back on the podcast. You got this new knowledge up I, in your noggin. I was, well, you guys were recording last week. Yeah. I was reading a book. I actually read um, previously what I talked about, I think for a previous what have you read, was a Tom Holland book called... Dominion, which is history work. Um, I read a different Tom Holland book. S- Spider-Man. Yep, Spider-Man yeah. writes book. Um, Tom Holland, author. Not Spider-Man. Not the actor. Um, a secular author. Secular author. Yeah. Um, I wrote... Not wrote. I read his book, Persian Fire, which is exactly as it sounds, but it covers over the... Um, its main focus is the you know Battle of Thermopylae, and that whole, the, the, the second Persian invasion into Greece. Um, so it covers over the rise of the Persian Empire, the rise of Athens, the rise of Sparta, then the, the events leading up to it, um, and then those events in great detail. Uh, it's super interesting. I'd really recommend it um, if you're into that sort of stuff. Or if you're just super into like, hey, what is, how, does, how did democracy come out, you know, around... 500 BC, 600 BC. Yeah. How, how did it come about? What does it look like? You know, because it was actually very interesting to see the rise of democracy in that, um, and the different. Even even though Greece was unified by like same ish religion, well, very similar religion, um, same language, cultural difference from city to city was massive, huge. Um, or if you're interested in Spartans, it's cool. Um, movie 300 does a horrible job because um, it's not a great movie but that's my uh, there you go there's my hot take but <laughs> Persian Fire is awesome okay the movie the, no the book oh okay. do you feel like it, it led up to a better understanding of like the world that Jesus lived in do you feel like it's actually related to the text because that is specifically the intertestamental period where we're not getting anything from scripture it gets it's more applicable to biblical history in the rise of per- the Persian Empire. Okay. And how it interacts with its vassals and how it interacts with uh, just with the people in the ancient Near East. It's He's actually pretty good. Is it still good. Cyrus the Great at that point? 
uh, Cyrus the Great. Or is it like, it's like it's, two it's actually, generations it's, after, right? So it's Cyrus the Great. Then he has his son, right? Mm-hmm. His first son goes to Egypt to quell a rebellion. Is that Ashurbanipal? No. 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 That's a completely different guy. That's a, a Syrian. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. Um, his eldest son goes there, and then his younger son comes like, hey, um, youngest son of Cyrus, comes in and is like, hey, um, I'm king now. And everybody's like, sure, sure, buddy, whatever. Oldest Older older son goes. Oh shoot! I better bum rush to the to the capital. On his way there, he has some kind of incident with his chariot or horse and his sword. Dies of infection. Anyway, that might have been what happened. Or one of his staff members, Darius. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely died of infection. I don't buy it. Is this because someone was pre- like saying he was the younger oh, we're brother? Get, we're getting. Oh, we're there. getting there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, cool. so Darius shows up and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna make a bid for power somehow, right?" And so him and I think, yeah, seven other conspirators um, go in and they just get him in the middle of the night um, as he's traveling to like some uh, ritualistic, swine, uh, sh- no, not swine, shrine. Um, supposedly the, the younger brother, who's now king at that point, tries to fight them off with a table leg and doesn't, doesn't work. Um, Darius's uncle or stepfather um, is the one who actually kills him. Um, and then what they tell everybody is that uh, hey? Actually, this was a pretender. That the real young, the real younger brother's been dead this whole time, and they're tricked into this lie. Um, well, all the previous, both the eldest younger son of Cyrus and Cyrus, um, believed in their more in their Persian gods, um, and had their more like almost kind of like acknowledging every other polytheistic thing. Um, and, and the Persian Empire still continued to do that. Um, Darius was hard Zoroastrian hard worshiper of uh, mm. Mazda. Um, and so there was always this idea of um, there's this the truth Uhura Mazda, the fire the you know all the, mm-hmm. the good in God and deism versus the lie the, the bad God and deism and he manifests him and his demons manifest throughout all the other things yeah and so with him rising to defeat the lie of the younger brother being a fake mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. um, the older brother probably didn't die of, of infection either. <laughs> it's yeah. my thought. Most likely Darius is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Really good at it, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he... That happens, right? Um, yeah. Darius tries to come into um, Greece the first time, gets beaten back at the Battle of Marathon, where it's mm-hmm. just the Athenians that beat them back. Um, then he's about to launch a great and say a uh, great uh, not crusade but a great invasion again um, that invasion force ends up having to get put routed to Egypt because Egypt starts to rebel again he goes there um, and he dies mm-hmm. uh, Xerxes rises up and then he does his second invasion so then you have the Battle yeah. of Thermopylae um, the Battle of Sar oh, Samus whatever the island that's right to the uh, southeast uh, southwest of Athens um, in that great in that in those straits you have the, it's not lesbos no no okay. um starts with an m it's sam something sam miss i think um you have that and then you have a couple other other big battles the most notable is the battle of thermopylae mm-hmm. um and then from the previous invasion the battle of um and then there's the um, marathon the the subsequent battle after um the battle after the battle of thermopylae thermopylae there's the naval battle yeah, where Athens, yeah. Does, which is awesome. Honestly, yeah. the way I really liked how Tom Holland, um, there's a couple of things that he does really well. He 
puts you in the mindset of those people rather than just listing off facts. Okay, like, mm-hmm. hey, this is how these people thought. This is how these people. And then every now and then it gets so in character that he just starts writing out. Yeah, this would be the sentence that they would say. And he's just like, yeah, how dare they do this? How dare they invade? You know, mm-hmm. and then it's almost as if he's, he's transporting. He's bringing you back into that time. I don't know. One of the other things that I actually really like um, about just the way he writes um, battles, he's really good at drawing out the desperation in like, oh, they moved here and this is the reason why. And then they came in and took their, you know, they came in and did a raid on their well. And then this is why they changed their their movements. And it's just it's just good. It's just mm-hmm. good history. Um, it's easy to read is another great thing. Yeah, um, I'm going to definitely buy another Tom Holland book to like read. Rubicon? Like Rubicon, because I don't know enough about Rome, because you could never know enough about I Rome. I don't think it's about Rome. It is. Well, it's about Caesar it's going It's about the into... fall of the Roman Republic. Uh, okay, I thought it was about his uh, the uh, Celtic Holocaust. No, it's about well, him coming, because there's this whole big deal no. of like, hey, Caesar, if you cross the Rubicon, yeah. it's on, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. And then he comes up and then he's like, And by that you mean me. the Senate is opposing him. Yeah, the Senate's going to... Yeah. yeah, and then... Yeah. Anyway. And then he's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Pompey tries to come back and then it just doesn't work. Anyway, whatever. I'm looking forward to reading Rubicon when I buy it. Yeah, after he successfully eliminates like 4 million people. Yeah, that's the Celtic College cost. Yeah. Which, there is a book that I wanted to read about that, but I don't know. There's a good four-hour podcast by Dan Carlin on it. It's six and a half hours, actually. Sorry, sorry. It was one of the podcasts I listened to when I was in isolation for the first time during COVID. It's a great episode. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, okay, if if you guys want, like, entry-level, low-commitment, like, history for the first time, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History is so good. Yeah. Like entry level would be uh his uh simpl- history simplified, what is it called? Yeah. Um <clears throat> I mean I guess so, but he gets you with the storytelling. Oh, right? Like he, the way he presents it is very much like you said, kind of like a, almost a narrative. Like yeah. he presents the opinions and then he goes into character, right? Like yeah. and he's talking about uh, these different things. And even when he reads ancient documents, you kind of expect it to be cheesy. And it is a little cheesy, but I yeah. really like the way he does it. Anyways, that's my suggestion for like history intro it's, stuff. That's cool. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I find it funny because that's the whole like Persian fire thing is Joel's whole like area. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit older, I think, would be more your stuff. Yeah. Also, he writes about Babylon in one chapter and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh, the relationship between early. Persian, the Medes, with Babylon. Oh, it's awesome. You mean Neo-Babylonian. <laughs> I do. I do. To the Ma- real biblical uh, scholars. Um, the, uh, the main okay. character from The Matrix shows up and leads the Babylons. Oh, the Babylonians, not Neo. But... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. You know what sucks? This intro doesn't connect to our topic at all. I think it kind of does. Could you? I could spin it. Yeah, yeah. Give me your intellectual gymnastics to connect these things. Okay. Um, part of Persia's takeover. Someone Cyrus the Great. You gave the whole history of the lineage of the Persian Empire mm-hmm. um, to when they go into it from Cyrus down to when they invade Greece. Yeah. Um, if Israel had not sinned the way God said they would. If they had not become the Canaanites and the Egyptians that God told them not to yep. be, um, Babylon would have never become great and taken over Israel. It, Persia would have never taken over Babylon yep. 
and taken mm. over that area. And Persia then would not have been able to go into Greece because Israel would have been a successful empire under a good king blocking the passage. Hmm. I'll agree with the Israel wouldn't become a, a subject. <laughs> That's as far and as I'll go. Uh, <laughs> and then, in, as a result, uh, Alexander the Great doesn't defeat uh, the Persian Empire. Then we don't get our Greek New Testament. Then we don't get our Greek New Testament because Jesus doesn't come because the king was good. Right. Except Jesus would come because he's been prophesied. And now we get Testament. to our topic, atonement. Because all those bad things happened. Absolutely. And all those kings took over those areas and had those battles. Um, yes. Yeah, so to be more specific, after Xerxes fails to take over Greece. Yeah. Kind of fails. He kind of succeeds. It's weird. Only the cool... Uh, he captured, you know, Thracia and... Yeah. Macedon and who cares? Yeah. Um, after that whole thing happens, the Greeks throw off their captors. Um, a guy named Philip II. Philip II. Yeah. They squabble about for a good 200 years. Yeah. Uh, and then Philip II comes in and just unifies on everyone. And then his youngest, not his youngest, then his son, his young yes. son, uh, by the name of Alexander the Great. Takes, uh, taught by Aristotle. Yes. I think you're over-transitioning somehow. No, no, no. And then... We just really like history. No, and, and then... Got so, you guys passed by the aisle. We should turn down and then just keep going. No, 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 no. We're going down there. We're just going the long road. Okay, we're um, going... And then Alexander the Great uh, takes over the Achaemenian Empire, or whatever it's called, that area, the Fertile Crescent. Um, and then he dies. Four of his generals rule the various... And the four sections of his empire, the Ptolemaic, the Seleucid, the uh, the other two, yeah. I forget. Um, and then a far-off kingdom further to the west, named Rome, rises to power um, and takes over. And then a man named Jesus is born in a city named Bethlehem. He's right. That's good. It's a great way to unify all of the topics. Yes. There we go. Um, so Jesus, as we talked actually in our previous podcast episode, we talked about justification and why we need justification. Um, we talked about sin, um, and how justification works. Now, justification rests on the idea of how are we atoned or how are we reconciled back to God? Um, in the previous podcast, we went over the idea that you move from this under God's wrath to in um, in his mercy, or you're, 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 you're put under um, Christ's covering. Um, atonement theory is about how does that transaction, almost in a forensic sense, how does that re- work with Christ dying on the cross? Um, and in response to that, there's been a lot of theories. There's actually, like, technically there's more than I can count. There might be 12 but that's if you name every variation. Yeah. We're going to try and go over like the largest, the most like grand encompassing kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're going to go going to go over seven. Uh, the last two I think we're going to lightly go over. But if you want, study those. Honestly, that's because they're bad ideas. No, I'm just. <laughs> they're not great, no. actually. They're not my favorite ones. <laughs> Governmental's but I... like okay, but I just need to study more of it. Insufficient. Do you want to give us a unlike... brief? No, sorry. Unsatisfactory. Unlike satisfactory theory. Is a joke about atonement. Okay, fair enough. Um, (laughs) We're going to start with ransom theory, which actually is the oldest of all of them. Uh, It has the most grounding in the early church fathers. Uh, Do you want to go over the seven 
just like lay them out? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I misinterpreted <laughs> the flow. Um, then we're going to go into uh, Satisfaction, which kind of is like a further development. Then Penal Substitution, which is again a further development. Um, governmental Theory, which is actually going to be the second from the last, is also a further development, but we'll get there. Um, then we have, then we're going to interrupt the flow and go with our moral influence theory for any of our uh, more new postmodern interpreters. <laughs> um, then we go with my favorite, Chris's Victor, um, which has its own flaws as well. Governmental, then scapegoat, um, which I think Joel really likes. I like the idea. I don't love the implications or the lack of foundation. We'll, we'll get to it, though. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of typological. It's kind of... I, I like the idea that a goat could be what saves us. <laughs> yeah. There's some ties to Satanism there that I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. I was playing a wordplay because it's a scapegoat. Oh, so, Josh. Yeah. yeah. Ransom theory. What is... An example of ransom theory that uh, is super common. What's, what's like the top number one? Oh, you mean uh, the famous book written by C.S. Lewis? Yeah. Oh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the one that the one that the non-Christian <laughs> will yeah. know. No, it was that was popular in all circles. I don't know. It was. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, because like, well, in. In the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If we're going to go with that, it's funny that we're just going to just explicitly okay. use C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? No, no, that's good. Do you want to go over it? No. Okay. <laughs> um, the idea is that human action or sin, um, poor human action, uh, puts us under bondage of something. Um, whether or not it's Satan, that's traditionally what's thought, or sin or death or Hades, kind of all kind of there-ish. Um, yeah. And we are now we are now the property of such things. Um, Jesus' sacrifice is almost like a payment, almost like a, tr- in a ransom transaction, almost like a hostage exchange a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then normally, uh, the, the further you go back in church history, the more likely you're going to see this like, oh, Satan was fooled, or like, you know, he tricked the, the powers of hell and that type of stuff. Um, few who hold ransom theory now, even though there are very few to begin yeah. with, few in that number would even still include the uh, Satan was surprised on, on you know, Easter. Yeah. Woo! Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> it has some strengths. I'll give it that. Um, well, you even see it in songs every once in a while. Yeah. In worship songs. And there is scriptural backing for it. For there's like you know, um, he gives his life as a ransom for many. That's several places. Yeah. Um, there's this idea of this uh, ransoming, like uh, his blood is what is what ransoms the people of God. And and you can even see ties with that. It's like oh, that's kind of that's similar to how uh, it, it can tie into the motif of being bought out of slavery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, isn't that the idea that ransom, the word ransom that is used, is the same as being bought out of slavery? Like, it would be the same term used. Isn't that? I don't know. Oh, I, I thought I saw that when, I was, when we were researching the topic, that it was going to be, like, if you say you were, a, a ransom for somebody is also the amount that should be paid that they would be set free. I, I suppose. I don't know if that explicit word. When I was doing the, the maybe I'm, maybe I'm lost my own notes. Um 
when I was doing it, there was there's several words that the New Testament uses for mm-hmm. the idea of ransom. Um, I probably just saw like a cherry picked one that was like, oh, this is slavery <laughs> one. Yeah, fair um, enough. All of them do uh, do definitely link to the idea of mm-hmm. that slavery. Um, I would like to see um, if I was really going to dig deeper into it. I would want to see what the words of the um, Subtuagent use when it's discussing being okay. bought, brought, bought out of um, bondage and uh, how that okay. works. And mm-hmm. um, especially in the prophets where this idea of I bought, I bought you, I own mm-hmm. Israel, you know? Um, yeah. There are some weaknesses. <clears throat> well, I mean, it seems like you would get all, like lots of religions have this, like the warring brothers kind of a thing. And it kind of wants to paint that kind of yin and yang kind of, or like, like Zoroastrianism we mentioned earlier is like yep. the fight of the, the eternal fight of good and evil. Yep. Right. That it is, and I mean, we'll get obviously a more explicit version of that in Christus Victor, where he's like, "I'm going to stomp you." Mm, yeah. But like, um, yeah, yeah, Go yeah. Ahead, there's a there's a fairly good allusion to it in Exodus. Yeah. Um, in Exodus 15, there's the uh, song of Moses and Miriam when they about God freeing them from Egypt, mm-hmm. and the whole idea is that they're in bondage, enslaved to this mm-hmm. Pharaoh, yeah. to this other being. And it says, uh, you will bring, sorry, just trying to refine my spot. It says, uh, uh, by the power of your arm, they will be still as a stone until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing is they've been freed from bondage, and there's this yeah. whole slave m- metaphor. So it's kind of similar to what you were saying about, the, like... The other main issue, well, there's this idea of, like, the dueling gods. There's this idea of, oh, so Christ's death on the cross was a payment with Satan as the object or the intended, let's say, target or the recipient mm-hmm. of the uh, of Christ's sacrifice, uh, which isn't... Yeah, isn't he the... receives the the result of Christ's death. Yeah, and right. then lets go of something in return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't super stack up. Um, it's more indicated, heavily indicated, that Jesus died on the cross for God, to God, for the Father. Yeah. Um, because as a sacrifice to the Father, um, so that that also doesn't stack up very well in the ransom theory. Yeah, because there's also the further on that idea is there's this idea that like like instead of it being Satan because he doesn't owe anything to it, one of his creatures, mm-hmm. um, is like the ransom is towards his wrath, which God well, actually, paying a ransom towards himself it ca- doesn't. Ransom doesn't make sense if that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's if, and, and we're starting to bleed into actually other theories when you start yeah. going further, which I mean is to be expected. This is mm-hmm. one of the earlier earlier theories, um, and Christian theology does develop. Yeah, uh, we do believe that you know the, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, as Christ said yeah. He would. Yeah, uh, and so I think that there's the de- the developing field. Um, what's up? That being said, what do we do with the use of the word ransom? As I'm actually actually once we get to these the, passages. once we get to the bottom, that's when I when I want to talk. I'm sure we'll go about, go over here, but we'll go more in depth then. Um, atonement theories. Mm-hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis gets into this with his mere Christianity, and almost most Christian theologians go, there isn't really one atonement mm-hmm. theory. They are all. Uh, it's a multifaceted idea, and the scriptural text presents how that transaction works from multiple angles. 
Yes. There's one that are seem more prominent, and also you'll notice there are some that like just fit into another. Mm-hmm. So it's like ah, yeah, it could stand on by itself by specific text, or that's part of a much larger atonement theory. So one of the things you'll notice is with uh, ransom theory, uh, uh, satisfaction theory, they all fit into penal substitution, um, and we'll kind of get sure. there. Yeah. And so they're not. <clears throat> it seems to be, although all have kind of have their own angles. Some are more encompassing and yeah. absorb other ones. Yeah. Um, but what do we do about like the actual passages that present use those words? They use the words specific to a certain idea, like ransom language. Well, I, I think a great example is actually one of the things that we already did was we mm-hmm. we go, oh, well, where in the biblical text is that idea being built off of? Yeah, and that is the the drawing out of the bondage from is from uh, yeah from Egypt, and so so Christ's sacrifice is the is him buying us out of the bondage of sin um, and sinful nature, um, and I think that yeah. that's that's what it's trying to get off, get off, get yeah. there. Um, as for like payment to Satan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think my major problem with uh, ransom theory is it kind of paints humanity as a victim of an evil rather than the perpetrator of an evil. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can get there more. Sure. It, yeah. Well, I mean, it, again, that, that revisits the... Um, what, I, what I started off with is, is it leaves all the evil to the gods, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it puts the fight way up in, like, high theology instead of, like, an actual yeah. interpersonal relationship with Which Christ. is actually a weakness of another one that we're going to get to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but in the development of atonement theory, the next would actually be satisfaction theory, which has two, actually it has many major strands. There's two. Uh, one is Anselm, medieval <laughs> theologian, and Aquinas, also medieval theologian. Anselm kind of goes into the idea that, okay, how exactly are we ransomed? How does that work? What does this mean? So he just more developed it, and then it kind of branched off and became its own thing. <laughs> Anselm's whole thing is that, uh, whole thing is that, uh, Every created being owes God honor or worship, mm-hmm. and that when we, this is super weird, um, when we don't worship Him by our sin, yeah, uh, we create a debt to Him. We are indebted, honor, worship to Him. We are indebted, or, mm-hmm. and if we were to simply just change, we would still be indebted. So yeah. there's a, has to be some sort of payment that would fill up what we owe to God. Yeah. Hey. Aquinas does a much better job with satisfaction theory, at least, again, in my opinion, um, where he's like, oh, oh, no, it's it's the original sin. Oh, we're, we're sinful human beings with a sinful, corrupt spirit. Yeah. Um, that needs to change. And so Aquinas kind of more what modifies that and, and correctly brings in what you could say more systematic ideas to, to flesh out that idea. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. do you see total depravity more uh, more obviously in this one? Um, in Aquinas' right, If you think of it, like you almost think of it as the, the headship we talked about like a yep. couple of podcasts ago, right? Where it's the whole of humanity has partaken in this lack of worship that needs to be satisfied. Is that, is yeah. that what we're well, going for? Well, Aquinas, Aquinas goes more with because all of humanity is at least uh, subject to... Um, mm-hmm. Inheriting a, a, a uh, does inheriting a posture of rebellion. not worshiping, yeah, of rebellion. 
um, that that has to be changed. And that's the root of the uh, our distance from God. And that's what has to yeah. be solved, that problem. It's not this honor base like we owe God. It's that, oh, there's a deficiency yeah. in us by our choice. And, yeah. And I can see that same, um, not to do, I, not to just keep hammering this point, but like there's a similar motif in Egypt, in the Exodus story, which is God continuously does these plagues and with the phrasing, so that Egypt knows my name, so that they honor me for who I am. Sure. Yeah. But the, it sounds petty. Like I'm, I'm committing these horrible acts so that people worship me properly, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's, not because he's petty. It's because for humanity to have a right relationship with him, you have to honor him properly. Well, there's also the idea but, of like we, at that time, humanity mm-hmm. identified other names, other gods to the things yeah. that he's doing. And so yeah. it's like, oh, oh, yeah, not this god, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this so is I, my name. Yeah. Um, no, my you, name. And you will remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't forget. Humanity won't forget because Steven Spielberg is going to make a movie called prince of egypt and it's going to be amazing uh, it's a good movie. <laughs> um yeah so like some of the strengths with this one at least i think um is correctly identifies the again assuming aquinas now aquinas's theory did actually become the yeah. main doctrine of catholicism and it won out all the satisfaction other all the other satisfaction theories yeah um so it should probably be regarded as the main one although anselm should get a little tip of the hat um it correctly recognizes that oh christ's death is directed to god not to satan yeah um and it does identify hey no it is human sin and the human lack of uh of let's say uh moral right standing Mm -hmm. um, that causes that rift and that that rift has to be is fixed by christ's sacrifice um what are some of the weaknesses uh that you guys found in it like eh. For, for satisfaction theory? Yeah. <clears throat> I think anyone who disagrees with total depravity will have a hard time with satisfaction theory, right? That, sure. you know, <clears throat> that the the debt wasn't even sin. It was lack of obedience almost, lack of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you're going to get a lot of people who <clears throat> don't see God as requiring um, worship from everybody. I think it's going to be people saying, oh, that's petty, mm. right? And that's going to be the problem you come up against. I don't necessarily see that for myself because I'm very like, very much like God should be worshipped all the time and all this stuff, mm. right? Um, but I think that's going to be the main weakness you find is it won't convince people right well, off the bat. One of the things I just forgot that I didn't put in the notes here, but I was like, oh yeah, this is a key part. Um, satisfaction theory. The idea is that Christ's death on the cross is not a judgment thing. Mm-hmm. Is it's a it's a act of obedience and worship. Yeah. It's, it's the infinite act of obedience and worship. Yeah. Um, and in that way, this is my issue, the main weakness with it too. And uh, Aquinas in his Summa Theologica gets into it. Um, and I started reading it for the notes and then I was like, mm, no. So I didn't, don't worry, I didn't put Summa Theologica in the notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, his whole thing is like, well, penance has to have a place. So obviously it wasn't mm. all punishment. Um, and so it's like the main difference between raw satisfaction and uh, penal substitution um, is that it gives room for penance. And that theory implicitly holds that Christ's sacrifice 
sacrifice wasn't fully satisfaction satisfactory cat because you have to have room for your own for 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 uh let's say bits of wrath to fall on you and your sin in order to get the change yeah Yeah, i mm, you know (laughs) for there is no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus and other verses there's doesn't stack up well um and even the catholic church has kind of even moved on a little bit with their own modification um yeah but yeah yeah it seems like uh, i can't phrase this properly it it just seems like it's missing it it seems like if you phrased it differently it would sound better oh well they do yeah right after because this is this is this is where, this is the era where the yeah. reformers are and they're like hey by the way the reason why we have this level of atonement is yeah. because we have to have rooms for penance and indulgences yeah mm-hmm. well and and then like, the reformers come and go oh penal substitution yeah yeah but it, it it seems like so like ransom theory my problem with it was it seemed like he was painting humanity as a victim of an evil rather than the perpetrator of an evil mm-hmm. in this one it's saying that rather than like what is what is aquinas and what do anselm mean that like the problem is that god is not being worshiped like what do they mean by that do they mean like every action is not oriented towards God or do they mean that we're literally not singing in a church all time? I would think the, I, I, again, I didn't read enough of Aquinas' Summa Theologica. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is what I believe this answer would be. Um, it's the idea that because we are sinful mm-hmm. actions that we do, not every action. Yeah. Uh, but actions that we do, rob god and they would use the word rob god yeah of glory honor and worship um and that we are indebted to him but for those times of glory honor and worship okay mm. um and it's that our human sin causes that robbing yeah uh, and that's that's the lacking okay um and we're judged because of that yeah it seems like they just got the the order off like like it's not that we're not worshiping him Therefore, we're we're sinful. It's we're sinful, and as a result, not worshiping him is one of the things we do. We do. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's it's the direction of their idea is is interesting. Yeah, I think it's, personally, I think it's wrong. Um, well, it's it's not just not worshiping him that's the problem. It's acting against him. Yeah, it's yeah. it's opposing him. See, I, I actually it's a it's I, attributing worship to something else. Here's the thing. I think the 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 issue with this actually isn't like what you're saying is correct yeah but i think the reason why it's articulated that way mm-hmm. is so that god's that christ's obedience and worship on the cross the ultimate the infinite yeah. uh, thing that can that can satisfy all other lacking moments yeah. of worship doesn't satisfy god's wrath when, because again the wrath portion that's it, that's fair is the reason why it's articulated that way is so that penance and indulgences can still exist yes um, and you don't get a. I mean, there might be, but like, and I, I think that came first, and then what your what your yeah. issue is came as a natural extension. Yeah. of that. Yeah, because it it seems like the death on the cross is not fixing the root of the issue, but a uh, fill in the gaps. Yes. <laughs> um. It's a oh there there hasn't been worship. Here's 
worship retroactively applied on humanity to mm-hmm. as if they had yeah and not hey let's make men that let's change men so that they worship god again as god yeah which now but <clears throat> aquinas gets closer to that yeah but it it doesn't seem like he's that's the focus yeah but you know who came up who now well, the reformers did but you know who did a lot Good old good friend Calvin. Yes. Yeah. Um, which you're a reformed churchgoer. Yes. So uh, why don't you introduce this into penal substitution, which was the historical development of from uh, satisfaction. And I would say is kind of the mainstay for at least Protestantism, predominantly evangelicalism, um, and reformed traditions. <clears throat> Man, I'm gonna fail this so bad because I'm not good at like I I I'll go to a Calvinist you. church. Yeah, but like it, like I'm I'm better at just having the idea in my head than presenting it to other people. Yeah. Um. But it's essentially penal substitution is humanity was created in right worship. Man was created in God's image, made to act in perfect accordance as regents over humanity over the creation on God's behalf as his image, as his regents. Um, And we were given one rule, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, deciding for yourself what is good and right. They did, and in turn, uh, broke, so to speak, a law. Yeah. Causing God's wrath to act upon man. And it's it's Mm. important to note, um, there's not just breaking an arbitrary law. No. That when God's laws are broken, it is harmful for the individual and mm-hmm. the world as a whole. Yes, because um, there's that constant theme throughout the Bible is that it's you are an individual in a group. Yeah. Um, and we, you're not, the individual is made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and so is all of humanity. Yeah. The, the individual is uh, transformed into the image of Christ, yeah. and so is the whole church. Uh, the individual is the temple, so is the whole church. Yeah. Um, and so it's the humanity as a whole is a representation of God on earth. And as a whole, we have broken his law. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out my like super simplified version, mm-hmm. and then you can carry on. Okay. okay. Um, humanity broke God's moral law and now justly stand under his wrath. Yeah. Um, God's uh, Jesus takes the wrath upon himself, becoming a stand-in. And depending on how things, people make a big difference, yeah. big deal out of this. People would tell me that I make a big deal out of this. And fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, there's either the motif that um, they st- takes a stand-in for all those who believe and slash or um, the whole world. Yeah. Um, either way, penal substitution is the idea. Christ stands in place as the recipient of God's wrathful judgment which we deserve Mm -hmm. um this normally has heavy ties with old testament law like for obvious reasons because there's this idea like the sacrificial system all of that even going Mm -hmm. back to where you were with the whole garden is when they do see christ or not christ maybe god sacrifices the or kills the uh the sheep yes um there and that's that's a it's a motif yeah Um, um yeah but there's this uh there's disagreement to like what degree there are links with uh, yeah. with the Old Testament. Uh, some interpret Christ's sacrifice within the Old Testament law, 
versus some say as it is a po- like not opposed but a new law. Um, yeah, um, Paul would indicate new law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. So uh, humanity through their so the reason why when Eve sins it everybody is now sinful is because like I said before there's this mo- this idea that humanity as an individual and as a whole represents mm-hmm. is, a, is an interlinked thing mm-hmm. entity <clears throat> and so when Eve sins all of humanity sins is, um, is that like a specific feature of penal substitution like that it includes both the yeah, nation, that's the nation in, and the person and the organization yeah because that's when you get in that's how you get into like federal headship Okay. And yeah. stuff like that. So, like, because again, that's more legal terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's a lot of legal terminology yeah. within penal substitution because <clears throat> it all focuses around the humanity. Ah, it's it's so complicated but beautiful. Um, the individual when they sin, um, as Paul says, when you in sin, when you break one law, you break the whole thing. Mm-hmm. James, isn't that? No, I think it's Paul. He says when you when you uh, when you uh, um, uh, I think it's Roman four five, like four five when he's talking with the law, and he says um, for uh, he even if you satisfied the whole law but broke one, you would be still a lawbreaker. Mm-hmm. James two. Oh, okay, what does he say? Uh, James 2, uh, the specific verse, I'd like to know the context. Yeah. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet, uh, whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking yeah. all of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, now, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt I heard you again, a, okay? Okay, sorry. Can I just interject for one yeah. second? Because I've heard a super simplified version of penal substitution, yeah. like told to youth group Cat, level yeah. people, right? And it's the blood of Christ is a raincoat and the wrath of God is rain, yeah. <laughs> right? Is, no, that, yeah. is that a good it, way to, like... Because that's, that's that that denotes penal substitution, right? Like out of all of the the different for uh, sure. atonement theories, that's but, kind of the one that this goes with. Uh, yes, but there's a difference between Johannian and Pauline atonement theory in that sense. Perceived difference, but yeah. Okay, perceived difference. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, cool. I haven't we, figured we don't out have how. to go super yeah, deep well, into that, but I just wanted to interject yeah, and simplify so, it just, and then we'll go back up. Caleb, say what you were gonna say. I'll, I'm just gonna want to try to simplify and speed things up. Um, there's the uh, there's this idea that the um, Christ's death on the cross, he lived a perfect life, mm-hmm. unlike we did. Yes. We deserve the wrath of God. He does not. And we trade places. But in that trading of places, um, which is accepted by faith, not only does Christ take, our, take the wrath that we deserve, both corporately and individually, upon himself, mm-hmm. we then are imparted his righteous life, his righteous standing yes. before God. And that's how that transaction between uh, between um, standing before God in, ra- uh, in a wrathful place and then now justified, we are now coded in Christ's righteousness. Yes. Um, that's where you, the phrase imputed righteousness comes from. Yeah. Um, which is heavily, heavily, heavily built into penal substitution. <laughs> it, it needs that. Oh, yeah. And... That is that is a theme throughout the whole Old Testament, which is you are saved. You're yeah. sub a person takes the place yeah. of the individual and the community, and then uh, a 
fixing of the individual starts to occur. A, yeah, that's sanctification, yeah. which will be on a later yeah. podcast. Yes. But that that's that's a that's a big thing. Um, some of the strengths with this, I think the strengths are phenomenal. But um, also with penal substitution, the the person does not do something to achieve it. The sub faith. The substitution. Yeah. yeah. And then we get into how how Calvinist are you? Yeah. Because uh, Calvin doesn't have full claim on on no. penal substitution. No. Um, but anyway, um, some of the strengths of this, like that's super exegetically based, obviously has ties to Old Testament mm. stuff, correctly identifies sin as the issue, um, actually solves that, like, hey, how are we now, like, like what about the sinful heart? And how are we now in mm-hmm. just, how are we held yeah. justly yeah. by God as God's people if we still have that sinful heart? Oh, the, the coded in Christ, yeah. right? And it's not just um, that you sin, it's that you are a sinner. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's so many verses that go into this. Um, there's the idea of, like, it matches Isaiah's, Isaiah's suffering servant. There's the idea of uh, um, Christ loved us and gave himself for us uh, as, a, a, as a fragrant offering of sacrifice. There's so much sacrificial language um, built off yeah. of the Old Testament themes that we're supposed to understand about Christ's death on the cross. Yeah. He is, he's there for us in part of that, like, removal of sins aspect, which is... Mm. Which is if you do the word studies is a very, very important part in atonement Mm -hmm. Um, is it's not just like, Hey, this, you switch from bad place to good place. It's the removal of sin. Yeah. Um, There are some weaknesses I find with this. Um, It actually comes from not the theory itself, but when the theory is held poorly, which is often done in North American Christian culture. Okay. It it can be, uh, Overemphasized and the only one that's ever used. Okay. Um, and when that is, what's that? It's the normie one. <laughs> it's the normie one. Um, it can lead to certain parts of this text just being ignored. Uh, the Gospels become a background for Pauline um, penal substitution theory. They become like, hey, this is the story of how Paul's theology works. <laughs> yeah. um, so that happens. Okay. Um, it can be easily understood as there's like a weird split in the Godhead where like Jesus is placating or at least satisfying the Father and the Father is this angry guy. Um, sometimes even going as far as uh, as God is seen as this bloodthirsty, demanding human sacrifice. Like, hey, I need this. And part of the Godhead, Christ is like, oh, well, okay, we'll figure out a way to make to get rid of that again when this is held wrong this is what happens when it's the only view that's held it's often it often becomes held in that way one of the issues is that at least i find is you can say this and be trying to explain to someone that this is like no this i don't mean the previously listed weaknesses Mm. but that's what they'll hear Mm -hmm. and so it's so it's sometimes hard to communicate when it's not paired up with other theories of atonement. That's that's my okay. spiel. Yeah. Um, again, I think that this is one of the most biblically based. <laughs> yeah. Um, biblically based, widely held. I think penal substitution is where you got to start if you're going with atonement theories. Yeah. It's, it's also, I would say, the, the most presented across the books. Yeah, well, I actually, I actually have in, in my notes here that it's... Um, compatible with both systematic and biblical methods of theology, mm-hmm. um, which is nice just to say that something yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that people agree on stuff. And 
Now, of course, like you said, lots of variations. But we're going to have some fun now. We're going to shift gears. <laughs> this is Caleb's favorite one, uh, is Christus Victor. Okay. Yeah. Are we going to do that or are we going to do Moral Influence? Oh, we, we could do Moral Influence. That's I thought fine, we were too. we do that than Christus Victor. There's a different order in the notes. I thought that we were doing Christus nah, Victor sorry. first. Okay, well, then we're not doing Caleb's favorite one. We're doing my favorite one. Not <laughs> the one I necessarily believe, but the one that I had a lot of fun reading about, actually, mm. which is the Moral Influence Theory. Okay. Right? And it is... Basically, that Christ is the template of all that is good. Thus, we should, yes. uh, you know, <clears throat> we should try and copy him. Basically, that's it. That it's it's pretty much that simple because it's a fairly recent uh, theory. I mean, I guess it was popular in the early church, and then it kind of died off with the development of theology, and then it's come back in recent years, which is kind of surprising, yeah. uh, at least from the reading that I did. Um, let me just get to the point where we're looking at the notes it's is it built as kind of like as a rebuttal to that idea of like we owe god things yeah it's actually a direct rebuttal to uh anselm's satisfaction theory okay uh it was brought up in the same time um but wasn't taken super seriously at the time and then came back yeah i guess it's it's, it's super weird it's, it's one of those things like yeah that happened and then everyone just kind of forgot about it when it happened and then once we've gotten to the modern day everyone's like hey what what about that time that the guy said <laughs> uh, that, comes on the block and just stomps on that everything christ was like the best guy who ever lived in the template for humanity that's awesome um, and so like what you're saying is as the opposite of satisfaction theory satisfaction theory is the idea that christ satisfies the god's need for worship properly from humanity which mm -hmm. they were not giving yeah whereas in moral theory moral mm -hmm. influence theory it's humanity can in fact live properly mm -hmm. they just need a teacher yeah yeah um and one of the one of the things that i i found that i thought was interesting was that christ's death in this in this kind of example christ's death teaches us how to live like that's the idea right yeah it's his death is still all about the life of the christian right and it's like there's no greater love than this that you should yeah for a friend kind of a thing Most, and sorry and that the moral influence theory is that perfect moral man dying in the perfect act of sacrificial love, which of course it is, yeah. and it works, but it's not just that. And I think yeah. that's actually the first problem. Um, I mean, I, the strength is that it's so vague it can't be wrong. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, of course, you were listening to the teaching, but I don't think you get the cosmic scale of Christ's death. Well, it's also, if, if that's what you're saying, it's, it doesn't do anything. Well, it, okay, here's, the, here's the thing that I have. You can it. actually get non-believers to agree with you because it essentially just says Christ was such a good man that we should try and be like Christ. Well, that's that's, but, that's yeah. where I was going to go. But, but, Normally yeah. when I've heard that is it's yeah. just it's someone who's just uh, like a, a postmodernist pseudo yeah. Christian that's just like, you know what? Jesus was like, man, he, he said some smart things. He said some smart things. He did yeah. this stuff, man. Yeah. I want to be like Jesus. But the thing this is, is like submission to Jesus. <laughs> like, let's not mock it, okay? Let's be careful. But, well, but, but this has had no comedy this far. Yeah, it's no, 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 but the problem with this theory is it is wrong. It's it's wrong in the sense that it doesn't do much. It also here's the thing: it's wrong because no, no, no. it has nothing to do with atonement. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. That's the problem because it's, even if every human after meeting Jesus obeyed the law perfectly, mm -hmm. like Judas, right? Oh. <laughs> what about uh, all the things that happened? God doesn't care that. God doesn't care that people are obeying right now. Mm -hmm. He cares about all the sins that have ever been committed and that humans aren't operating properly mm -hmm. and can't. Because the Bible specifically states that humanity can't do the good things. Mm -hmm. 
all the time, perfectly. And the moral corruption within us. Yeah, that it's, limits us from doing this. Even if, yeah, which that, that we was have. the other thing. Is it does ignore total depravity? It's like, hey, you can do what this guy did. <laughs> yeah, which like, in like, a, if you were to give all the background, I could say, yeah, yeah, you can pick up your cross. That's awesome. Well, That's no, no, great. No, no. But you, it doesn't mean the same thing. If, it's, if you it's, imply, it's a, you could, but you won't. No, no, no. Here's the thing: <laughs> if you have the background of sanctification, it's right. But it's, without atonement. <laughs> So, sanctification can't occur. It's so it wild to me how much you guys hate this one. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was atonement, sanctification, then moral influence. <laughs> not moral influence. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not an atonement theory that can be held as a priority. Right? Like, it can't be no, your number it's... one theory of atonement. But you can see how it's like acknowledging the teachings of Christ as he leads up and seeing his death on the cross as an extension of that teaching that's fine. Not really an atonement theory. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. The whole theory is just saying Jesus was a good guy. Do what he did. Mm -hmm. That's it. You can't say, and then you'll be fine because well, you the, won't be. And the cross <laughs> is the best example of his being good. Yeah, that's. It's also his best example of winning. Oh, <laughs> which leads us into. My favorite. Chris's yeah. Victor. Yeah, you didn't even want me to share that one because you wanted to go. Chris's Victor? Chris's Victor. Insufficient. Sounds the coolest. It does, doesn't it? Because it's, it's Latin. It's unsatisfactory. You're right, because it doesn't have the word satisfaction in it. <laughs> um, I really like Chris's Victor. So this one is basically <laughs> Jesus just walks into the throne room of God. He's well, like, I won. No, it's, I won. it's better. It's better. It's, he goes it's, into, he descends into, the, into hell, uses the methods... Of pain, Cabbage. it's just ransom theory, but with guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah. Um, I don't. Okay, I'll just gonna read my notes because I really like this. Um, I just I the, think hu humanity is saved by Jesus' conquest of sin, Satan, evil, hell, by death. his death on the cross. Death by his death on the cross the triune god uses the means of rejection pain evil sin death all those to defeat those very things rendering that christ that in christ there is hope and victory in such things as pain death sickness evil blah blah mm -hmm. blah 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 um the resurrection reveals that god is so good that he defeats evil by its own means and thus over not only just overcomes them but actually breaks their power over humanity Mm -hmm. And so again, moving a little bit into that that uh, that uh, Exodus theme. That, yes. Um, there's Satan and like all the powers of hell is kind of treated as like a pseudo entity, maybe kind of conscious, but not really thing. Powers of hell. Are you saying that the Old Testament is God defeating us? Yeah, here it <laughs> is. Kidding. I'm sorry. I will. Um, no, I. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. That's a thing. That is a it motif. Kinda is. But it's like the defeating of Satan specifically at the yeah. cross. Um, there's this idea that, that uh, yeah, all those things are, are, are balled up into a pseudo-combined entity or at least some kind of like power. Of yeah. Like, hey, this thing has humanity. Has it in its grasp. Or these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and while this has close ties to ransom theory, it, it shouldn't be articulated as a ransom payment. Rather, it is, hey... By the means by which you are oppressed, mm -hmm. Christ, the perfect man, will free you, will overcome those very yeah. things. Do you think there's a parallel between this and God using 
oppressive kingdoms in the Old Testament to yes. deliver Israel. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, to think of like Cyrus the Great as kind of yeah. the, the death that defeats death. Oh, you mean um, well, you mean called Messiah? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It is <laughs> the, the same word. Yeah. yeah. But it's also it's slightly different cuz in that picture he's painted as a good king backed by God. Whereas Pharaoh was painted by an evil king who opposes God, backed by but in history he power. is an evil king. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's not yeah, a yeah. great but guy. As, I mean, as not as evil out, as some. He, as laid out by Persian fire, not as bad as some. Wow, it's we actually brought slaves. Persian fire into the atonement theory. This is awesome. Yeah. Hey, we're smart. Um, what can Ooh. I say? <laughs> what can I say? This is a, a pretty good podcast. <laughs> Um, I'd watch this if I was a fan. Well, you, you get you get stuff like uh, like in the biblical text. Like here's here's First Corinthians fifteen, uh, fifty six and fifty seven. Um, the sting of um, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory, uh, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then there's like you know Jesus is hey I've overcome the world. Um, then there's like. In Psalms, there's a couple, like, there's this cosmic victory with this messianic king. Um, and here's, I think this is where, herein lies the strengths with um, Chris's Victor stuff. Um, it ties in um, kingdom theology. It ties in a lot of stuff from the Old Testament and ties up several themes into this, oh, Christ dying on the cross mm-hmm. is, oh, where is he proclaimed as king of the Jews? Yeah. Oh, on the cross. Where is his enthronement? How does he? Mm-hmm. How does he defeat the powers of sin and death? Oh, by mm-hmm. some, by actually absorbing, you could say, or mm-hmm. or, or or taking on uh, the powers of death. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes sense why Psalm twenty-two would be the most prevalent psalm. At the cross is because it is the suffering king. Exactly. Right? That he is the victor. It's, it's very cool. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it builds off of a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Now, there are, uh, there's, there's a couple other strengths. Um, it's it's uh, identifies, again, identifies sin as the core root. Um, and it just links to so much. Mm-hmm. That being said, like the ransom theory, uh, there is a very strong weakness of things becoming ivory towery um everything becomes oh that's just sin and sin generic Mm -hmm. uh the powers of evil right um and unlike penal substitution where there's this emphasis on oh our corporate sin and your individual sin Mm -hmm. um in in chris's victor there's this like generic evil sin that christ defeats and it's like well okay cool and it kind of keeps that that idea of repentance almost a little bit at arm's length yeah it also, I think, personally, because mm-hmm. this is where me and Caleb disagree. Um, not, as, not as much as Jordan and I. Yeah. Um, I think it gives too much um, emphasis. Too much. I think it makes uh, Satan and hell, mm-hmm. so to speak, a bigger role than is presented in the entirety of Scripture. Okay. Um, See, here's my thing. But I don't think that this is actually a very good theory of atonement. Yeah, I think it's a better whole Bible theology. <laughs> yeah, um, I personally think if you put penal substitution in the role of the atonement as the method by which Christ conquers, mm-hmm. everything just fits. Yeah, and I like it a lot. Yeah, let's, so this let's is just, this let's is, describe that again. I feel like we should. Sure. Um, I don't think Christ's death on the cross 
is presented more is more grounded in penal substitution. Mm-hmm. I think, um, of course, we're all Protestants. Of course, I'm going to say that. Um, <laughs> regardless of the uh, the atonement theory, mm-hmm. Christ's death on the cross is the point of Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. We're Christians. Like, like it is the, the place central event. All the hyperlinks. It's the fulcrum. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. linchpin, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. Um, I'm gonna. I'll mention that later. Sorry. Um, if you have penal substitution as okay, that is how we move from the wrath of God to justified and the people of God now. Yeah. Is penal substitution. That's mm-hmm. the. We could say that's the forensic transaction that's taking place there. Yeah. Um, Chris's Victor doesn't really explain that tran- forensic transaction yeah. nor does it really explain how that ties to old testament themes mm-hmm. of sacrifice and the expulsion of sin well, it not, ties to, it not ties just to, sacrifice but just like the not not just the torah sacrifice like but like uh themes of uh a replacement throughout genesis throughout the prophets and stuff like that sure it yeah. does tie in themes easier like kingdom like yeah. conquering like the cosmic yeah um redemption um, one of the things that I think or is it strong suits actually is is in Christus Victor the it is necessary um, to have the resurrection and in Christus Victor normally there is a equal weight on the crucifixion and the resurrection mm-hmm. um, and that actually the resurrection gives the crucifixion all of its power um, whereas that is not yes. normally emphasized in the rest of the atonement theologies atonement theories sorry um mm-hmm. Even though it's kind of implicit, but it's not as weighty. Um, if someone just walks in and says, oh yeah, no, the thing is Christus Victor. That's the only atonement theology, or atonement theory. I think, I think I disagree. Okay. Specifically with penal substitution. But that's just because I'm biased. As somebody who is what, what focused, do you mean? Like, what is your... Oh, I, the resurrection is the only thing we talk about. Like, the the crucifixion is like anybody could have been crucified. Mm-hmm. But if the resurrection doesn't happen, penal substitution means nothing. I think maybe in books, not in preaching. That's my... Yeah, yeah. that's, um, that's but fair. But also, yeah. um, you actually, in the Reformed because, tradition, like the, have people who have masters preaching. No, never mind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm not salty about that. <laughs> No, 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 no. What I mean is like, like it's a weird place to like, pick like, that battle. No, but I mean like, like the whole Old Testament was a series of people, so to speak, substituting animals, people, messiahs, whatever, mm-hmm. substituting and not rising from the dead. Yeah, and then finally one does, mm-hmm. and that's what marks the difference between him and the rest. Is that his his life is not consumed by the sacrifice? But the idea is that it was wholly consumed. No, I mean like. He, it, it did not end him as a being. Okay. Like, um, like it was normally, insufficient. Normally when I've read penal substitution, mm-hmm. and this might just be because we're reading different books because we come yep. from different traditions. Yeah. Um, in penal substitution theory that I've read, Christ's resurrection is presented as, oh, this is God accepting his sacrifice. Yeah. Not as, oh, this is what gives his sacrifice weight. Do you want to explain that more? 
um, his resurrection is, oh, uh, God has accepted his sacrifice for the sins of the world. Yeah. Has justified everything that he said, or shall we say, yeah. put a stamp of, of approval on it. Like, yes, yeah. this is true. Um, and that this is what, oh, Christ's attempted sacrifice to the, to the whole world. This is, you know, it's legit. I was going to say, because um, did, did what I just said fit it? not fit at all with what you were saying what i was saying was what i was going to get at you allowed me to think more on this point was is that um throughout the whole bible um their humanity has committed a sin yeah um sins is sinful and there was replacements sometimes people sometimes mm-hmm. the the ones chosen by god sometimes literal sacrifices animal sacrifices but it was insufficient because the sin is so great and the being could not satisfy the wrath, the judgment being okay. occurred. Um, but finally, someone who could, because what he does is he places himself, um, a being worthy, a being who did satisfy the law, yeah. takes on himself the wrath of everyone else. Yeah. Um, and because he is God, is able to endure the, the, ju- the judgment okay. for... You could put it as long as many people that could be born, yeah. Christ could bear their sacrifice, yeah. that their judgment, um, and in doing so, he does that. And the symbol, the sign, the very stamp on the seal yeah. that he was successful in doing so, is the rising from the dead. If he was, if he did not do that, then he was insufficient like the rest. He could not stand as a substitute for the sin. Okay. And that rising from the dead is the very sign and seal that this reconciliation has occurred. Okay. Interesting, because now I don't see where we disagree, which is no, great. No, I, I disagree on the placement of penal substitution versus Chris's Victor as, like, the main position. Because yeah. I see Chris's Victor as just an outcome, not as the the whole story. Right. Well, this is actually what I was, what I was yeah. trying to get at, is yeah. that... I think penal substitution fits mm-hmm. better for that whole for that yeah. for that thing, and the outcome, the whole story, is Christus Victor. Yeah, and I would say the opposite. You would say that Christus Victor works. I would say Christus Victor is an is an like a, a one of the results of penal substitution, not the point of scripture. Mm. You guys agree disagree a lot then. Interesting. That <laughs> yeah. sucks. You agree with Jordan. Moving on. <laughs> Jordan was How the does guy. That make you feel. Um, yeah. That's fine. It's not one of my finer moments. Um, no, but the, I'm sorry, Jordan. The only reason I say that is because I think the rec. I think, um, if how do I put it, the reconciliation between God and man is what he desires. Not victory over his enemies. Okay. Mm. Yes. Here, I guess apparently we're just going <laughs> into my whole theory. Yeah. Um, but but again, I, I don't disqualify Christus Victor. Yeah. It's I, just I, I think that a whole Bible one of the alternate timelines. Yeah. The, yeah. Rela- the relationship between God and man mm-hmm. huge. I do think that the one of the large themes, and I, I and this might yeah. be why I place Christus Victor yeah. as like. On let's say let's say a, a more prominent whole mm-hmm. um, scale um, is that it's God's t- 
creation out of and then taming of chaos. Yes. Um, and in that, he creates beings which he has a relationship, which love exists, which yeah. all and yeah. penal substitution exists, and all of that, and all yeah. of that, and all of that, and all of that. But I would put that on a higher. I put that on a higher scale than just. Interesting, because uh, I would, I would put, uh, um, because we as regents, um, so creation culminates in the creation of man. Yeah. And humanity is regent over the earth as representation of God. Yeah. And now the ruler of the earth, so to speak. Um, everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. And the way that the, 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 the pinnacle of his creation was man. And by fixing that, the rest becomes good again. But not mm -hmm. his, his desire is not that the earth is clean, but that the people who rule it are good. Okay, I don't, I don't. Yeah, here's the like, thing. Like that, here's like, the thing. I don't disagree. Yeah, no, it's but just, it's, I think it's we're getting a, into whole Bible theologies rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. Theories. Let's. Yeah, that's like, going to be another one. Might cut this. <laughs> it would be really interesting to do yeah. a whole episode on whole Bible theologies. Absolutely. Um, well, here's the thing. Let's just summarize. I'll just say something quick, and then we just cut to the next idea. Okay. Yeah. Right. Nice. You're getting the last yeah. word in, so I seem wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's all I'm doing. What I'm doing is this. We agreed that we had. You had talked about how. There is somewhat of a mix. The the terminology used in these uh, atonement theories, um, some of them, they they make a good point, mm -hmm. but they're they're insufficient alone. Yeah. Where whereas to describe atonement, um, I would argue that penal substitution is sufficient to describe that. You would argue, I mean, and that Chris's victor is a, a part of it, and you would argue that. Uh, Christus Victor is a whole Bible theology and penal substitution is the the facts, the very bare bones, not the bare bones, the, the forensic the forensic point that uh, in which it occurs. Sure, yeah. 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 Um, we keep saying forensic. Do we mean judicial? Forensic in that this is at like... Um, the science, the like... Yeah. The, the oh. actual description of what's happening behind okay. the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think what we're saying here is, is that um, we just we, you you don't just follow one, and you're just like that's what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're just disagreeing about yeah. Um, emphasis is all we're disagreeing. Yeah. About. Yeah. And so like, there are some of the atonement theories that are absolutely bunk. Don't give them the time of day. We're gonna get to one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, but there, there are, a but there are some that, I really like fringe stuff. I'm sorry. There are some that point to the nature of God and the reality and the relationship between man and God and the relationship between God and the earth and his creation and stuff like that. And that is all good. And there is a wiggle room between that. But the focus is on Christ always. Yeah. Well, I think even C.S. Lewis, I guess we'll do a little bit of a wrap up and then we'll get into two interesting ones that we didn't. Scapegoat theory sucks. Anyways, go. <laughs> Guys, come on. We got to give each one their fair share of... of uh... Hatred. Hatred. Nice. <laughs> he didn't say anything better about the penal substitution was, so... He's a Calvinist. He's a oh, Calvinist, I guess. Reform. So he wasn't... He never yeah, that's, was supposed that's my to. thing, dude. Yeah, and before you were born, you weren't going to disagree. <laughs> Absolutely. That just, that I'm going to stop you right there. I absolutely agree. There we go. Um, one of the things that C.S. Lewis, I, I think it's, again, I think it's a mere Christianity. Man, I need to just not reference mere Christianity for one podcast. Oh, that was last Say week. it, but don't quote it. Nice. Um, <laughs> he does this thing where it's like, you know, everyone has these theories. 
everyone, the Bible points to different things. Our job is to explore, understand, continue to figure out the mystery of Christ. But even, like, Paul even gets into the idea, like, you know what? Angels, like, sit around thinking about this. Well, <laughs> the whole point is that by meditating on it day and night, you get closer to God, and that's the point. Yeah. Um, and so it's yeah. like, it. I understand it's complicated. And someone, mm. uh, I've had, I had one friend who was like, hey, you know what? If God wanted, like, if God wanted, like, me to understand this, he would make it. It would be easy. I'm like, well, on one level, it is. It's pretty easy. Submit to yeah. Christ. He is God. He died in your place. Yeah. And you are brought close to God by him. Yeah. By faith and grace. And that is absolutely the truth. That is simple. That yeah. It is simple. That being said, when I drop a baseball and it goes down, is it simple? Yes. If I were to ask a physicist, is it simple? No. Well, it would be, why is it going down? Yes. And so when we're going over these things, it's like, okay, well, if God, if God yeah. really wanted me to understand, he would have made it simple. If, he, if this yeah. was a big deal, he would make it simple. Yeah. Uh, if the same God made the heartbeat of an ant and gravity and black holes yeah. also created, oh, this is how I'm going to save the human race, mm-hmm. the people whom I love. Yeah. I, I don't think ants have a heartbeat. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they do they have a heart? Well, they have a they have an open circulatory system. No, right? you're right. Yeah, so they don't have a heartbeat. Oh, dude. Anyway, so God knows that Caleb doesn't. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what are you talking about? And that's why I, I do now. I'm sorry. I, I might be wrong. And as a metaphor, God knows how this actually happened, yeah. and we're figuring it out. I'm probably you were wrong. Mean to me, yeah. and don't worry, Christ died for that, and uh, we're gonna move on. Yeah. Uh, government theory. We are gonna get into government theory. Um, so government theory <laughs> is government theory is awesome. Yeah, do you want to go over government? I don't know why I'm like keep on hyping up like bad theories of atonement. This is a I pattern. think it's the same reason I hype up the Matrix two and three. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've I've gone too far. I've looked too much into it. Um, not really though. Governmental theory is is literally just that Christ died for the church, and if you're not a part of it, you're not really covered by Christ's death. Which it's got some pretty clear weaknesses there. Um, which is that kind Christ, of. <laughs> I mean, like. It is, that's the gist of it. Like, if you were to summarize it, that's what you'd say, right? It's a federal headship of, of the bride of Christ, right? Um, kind of. My, th- again, maybe maybe our, our readings of this might be different, too. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my understanding of it was that he take, God takes a punishment, not the punishment of God's wrath. Okay. Yeah. What? That's what I read. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's what I've come across in atonement theory stuff. Um, but you're right. That is an element. One of the, okay, one of the things with atonement theories is that under each main heading, you'll have different theologians that articulate it slightly differently. Yeah. Uh, Joel's correct mm-hmm. in that it is what we would call limited atonement. That is one main well, key. Yeah. Hang on. We're going to get there. Not Josh, the stop. limited atonement. You're going to get there. <laughs> limited edition. It shares that with some in the penal substitution camp. However, penal substitution normally has gone... Well, Christ's sacrifice is, let's say, unlimited. It could be sufficient it, for everyone. Well, it is sufficient for everybody. Yeah. It's only effective. Sure. Yes, if you want to articulate it that way, you can. Yeah, um, you're right. Um, governmental theory doesn't like that articulation, and it would go, "No, Christ died a sacrifice. He did die yeah. a 
take on a sacrifice, but he didn't take on all of God's wrath. No. Um, and it's more a, uh, it's a, it's a demonstration of God's displeasure. Um, and that it satisfies God's wrath. Uh, it satisfies a high price, but not all wrath. Um, it's, it's not great. No. <clears throat> but a good way to, uh, Trans any scapegoat. Uh, so there's <laughs> it's, there's it's, no it's, good way to slip into it's, it. It's one of those things that's again is a, is more of a modern thing. Um, it tries to take away the violence um, out of. Uh, you talk government? No, I'm talking about scapegoat. Oh, I was oh, going to say oh, government sorry. theory. I, just, I, I transitioned before you guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah, when, I, when I look at government theory, it just it looks like what everybody else tells me Calvinism looks like. We're just like ah, oh, he's angry. And he just doesn't care about what you believe, and he's going to punish those we want. Sure, I, 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 I could, I could, I definitely get a bad, a bad penal substitution with a bad Calvinist understanding. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's one of those ones that you could do more research into and see how there are a lot of differences in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things with all of these. Uh, a lot of these atonement theories is there's a lot of scriptural backing. Like we, like if I was just to give, hey, proof text, like a systematic theologian, there's so many, kind of. I like how you just said all systematic theologians are just proof texters. They're just really good at it. <laughs> and well, yeah. half the time they're not. No, ninety percent of the time they're not wrong. A proof texture is just a bad systematician. That's it. <laughs> That's gonna go in the intro. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess I'm a proof texture then, because I'm a really bad systematician. <laughs> they just call us biblical, biblical theologians. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of these texts that apply to governmental, that apply to satisfaction, that apply to um, penal substitution, all apply to each of those three easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but because almost everything in the New Testament of sacrifice tone carries oh old testament sacrifice for sins as judgment yes it applies to governmental theory yes it applies to substitutional theory it it better applies to penal substitution even though it could work as a proof text for those other two you would just be missing out on a lot yeah and so that's why if it seems like penal substitution is if we continue to go there it's kind it's kind of like because it 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 fits the text mm-hmm. more yeah it's like it fits the the background of the text if it's that understanding if it's, it matches the jewish background of christianity yeah. it's well yeah government theory is like hey do you want a better government theory look up penal substitution it's better yeah. <laughs> like um you but, want a better ransom theology go look up penal substitution <laughs> read narnia um <laughs> but if if governmental theory would be one of those interesting things to do if you wanted to know more about a fringe new thing that you might come up against because it's new, it has many different veins, many different... Like, even Joel and I, we're like, oh, there's a slight difference. Yeah. Um, if you dig into it yourself, you'll come across those differences um, because it's new. Um, but... And the smaller theories are, weirdly enough, going to have more variation because it's going to be like, <clears throat> there's five guys, and they all say they do the same thing, and they don't really do the same thing, but because they're not in, like, a widely accepted theory yeah, of atonement... Yeah, they all get bundled together. Yeah, they're like, ah... Oh, it's not really scapegoat theory. It's scape, you know, sheep theory, but you know, we call it the same thing. But another yeah. one that's like that, your scapegoat, 
I'm it's my theory. You, this you, is my theory of atonement. Are you the scapegoat? I'm the scapegoat. Theory. Hi, Azazel. I'm the one of the five people. Um, so basically, it's <laughs> the reading I did about it. Actually, tried. Uh, it literally said trying to avoid God as a ch- as a cosmic child abuser. Yep. Um, which is what like, my notes were saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, nope. It's trying to be a less violent version, where it's like, yeah, nobody has to die. It's totally fine. But here's the thing, uh, Christ's death is an incredibly violent action, maybe the most violent, and that's the whole idea, is that on a cosmic and physical scale, it's world-breaking kind of a thing. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, and and it, it is held by some kind of new theologians. I don't want to say new, it is new isn't a bad thing, because, again, they're looking for something uh, because they see a violent atonement theory. I, I think it. <clears throat> I think it comes out of. It matches very similar with moral influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, those it, theories, also, they emphasize social uh, social sin over like the total depravity. Oh, so like right. liberation theology is very yeah yeah married mm-hmm. in. Um, I think it's a lot of newer um, theologies, uh, atonement theories, I should say, um, even bad Christus victors are born out of they initially start within a moderately let's say biblically based yeah. theologian who's been solely exposed or at least sees the problems with abuse and misunderstood penal substitution and then mm-hmm. wants to move away and tries to negate those issues cutting them off at the root um rather than you know actually oh what's the answer to bad theology oh good theology it's yeah. like oh well no let's just cut that into idea out and i don't like it yeah, um, and definitely scapegoat is part of that. Um, well, yeah, it's all built off of. Well, the scapegoat is the the goat that's led out into the wilderness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that everything is placed upon that, and that Christ is that for in uh, this society, basically. In scapegoat theology, why would they? Why? What is the expl- explanation for why Christ died a violent death? Is it just because humans made it violent on him? Yeah, that it was society that, that like it was basically it was the people that crucified him. It was oh. the religious people that crucified him. Oh, if, if all of human violence was mm-hmm. put on him, yeah. Okay, I'm. But it was I, the human I, violence was I put remember. on him. Does it also have, by humanity? Does it also have a Greek influence? Uh, probably. I mean, because it's, of the the um, the use of scapegoats with like Socrates and yeah, yeah, other yeah. people. I've just realized that I've read about this, but I didn't realize it was scapegoat. So <laughs> yes. the, if I'm gonna tell you what I think i read mm-hmm. and then you can tell me if it's scapegoat humanity okay, needs an outlet yeah basically <laughs> like a rage room yeah. god yeah. is yeah. a rage room jesus is a rage room yeah. and humanity is so violent so sinful that we just take it all out on him and then it's like mm-hmm. oh and then it has a hint right at the very end of moral influence yeah so it's basically yeah. like christ's death was purge yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was like, okay, huh. this is when humanity has to get all Wait, their sin. Are you saying the Purge movies are a biblical allegory? Just as much to as a... the Matrix movies are. <laughs> no. Not even close. <laughs> I, don't know, I haven't seen. We either. had to push the Purge <laughs> into becoming an allegory. We had yeah. to choose a bad theory of atonement <laughs> and then go. Hey, if you break it down. I don't know, guys. Is you it really, really like is this it one. really a bad theory of atonement if it takes care of? society's uh, sin. If we have to do it in order to protect God from looking like a bad guy. Again, w- weirdly a, enough. The scapegoat theory is definitely Karl Marx's theory. It's kind of ridic- it doesn't Christian. involve God at all. It's like humanity is the one placing the sin upon Christ 
yeah. and then also killing him for it. And then God's yeah. like, I guess. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have put Jesus on earth for this time. Well, and it's like, it doesn't really involve you, him. You could even say like the, hey, when the when the uh, owner, landowner of the vineyard sends in his son, that that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> There's even biblical evidence for it. Yeah. They actually do say that like the sending into the wilderness is Christ's. Uh, you know, fasting for 40 ah. days and 40 nights. There's really weird, uh, again, bad systematicians. Does, sorry, him descending into... No, not descending. Him just going into uh, the wilderness for 40 days and 40 yeah. nights, being driven into the wilderness, is the same as the scapegoat that is driven into Azazel oh, okay. or the wilderness. Um, yeah. Azazel also being, in, in Catholic demon. theology, a demon. Like yeah. a demon with a name. And yeah. then the thought that he went to confront Satan is also like, oh, he went to see a demon. But here's the thing. People that hold this theory aren't even that good at systematicians. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying we're creating a better argument for it right now. Honestly, it's this coming off the dome now. Huh? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess that the Holy Spirit would be the high priest leading him out into the desert. Guys, can, our, can, we, put, can, we, add an, <laughs> can oh. we add an eighth atonement theory that okay. just combines scapegoat and Second rate saints? Uh, yeah, the second rate saints <laughs> official atonement theory coming out next week. This is my homebrew. <laughs> I got a homebrew. No, 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 set. no, but this is our bad one. This is this, this is, is a this good one. Our actual our bad one. Our bad one is the best we got. <laughs> it's second rate. I I'm gonna do some bad systematizing here. So when we, when uh, God's uh, when <laughs> God walks through the the sheep that he splits in half for Abraham. Yeah. That's uh, the two sides are the Old Testament and the New Testament, and then God walking through is Christ. Okay, <laughs> and that's why there's two halves to the Bible. Thank oh, you very I much. Oh, going to be like when he says he separates the sheep and the goats, but it's no, actually when just he just one goat when he just separates every, the sheep. All, all of humanity is the sheep, and the goats is just Jesus. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I want to make Jesus a goat. Anyway, I mean, that's the that's the scapegoat. He separates the sheep from the goat from the from the goats. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about that time in Abraham when he just separates the sheep? Oh yeah, the black and white the ones covenant? and the white ones. No, no, when no, he, no, when he cuts a, uh, the sheep oh, and walks through it, yeah, walks through is a burning cauldron. Wait, Actually, it's weird because so um, is the goat the top half or the bottom half? Stop. Here's the weird part: <laughs> Judaism, Christianity, and Islam <laughs> all have different interpretations of that story. Okay, so it's like so. So Islam so Jews uses are it as incarnation. Sheep. It's super weird. Christians are the goats and. Oh no! Islam I'm not actually, the Rams. I have to cut so much. <laughs> yeah, this is not a good atonement theory. This is why we are second-rate saints. I appreciate everyone who lived. Also, I still think this is this far. I still think this is better than moral influence theory. Oh, here's the thing. Hey, hey! <laughs> At least moral influence theory is like, hey, we are bad. We need to be better. This one's like, hey, by us being bad, we achieved atonement. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is. Okay, here, let me spin that. The moral rejection theory. <laughs> I don't know if I need this. No, yeah, no, no, because no, the cross was the most evil act committed, the greatest sin committed by humans also... On an individual. No, 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 not the greatest sin. Oh, assuming he's perfect, yeah. Well, no, 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 because he's also God. We literally killed God. And we will never have enough water to wash away the blood. Yeah, no, but... Wow, did you but, quote Nietzsche at the end of an atonement thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, Nietzsche quoted the Bible. <laughs> what would Nietzsche's atonement theory be? I don't know. Take this BuzzFeed quiz to find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but... The, we're derailing hard, guys. <laughs> no, but it's just, just, just to spin that, like, the, the cross is the greatest 
evil act, and God spins that as the greatest good. Well, again, then you just backdoor into Chris's victim. My personal yeah. atonement theory is that picture... No, but that's like, that's like... Yeah. My personal atonement theory is that picture where the cross is going over hell and then everyone else is going down and you're just walking across. Oh, the, the chasm. Yeah, the chasm yeah, yeah. picture that's in every church ever. Okay. It's kind of awesome. So, there's a the, quote. The last two atonement theories that we covered... Um, Whatever ours was and uh, scapegoat don't really hold it up. It kind of just made us angry and confused. I think <laughs> that's my that's my normal. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's theology my... does to me. Makes me angry and confused. It's again atonement. Most people that approach atonement theo- yep. uh, theories recognize that it's actually multifaceted. It is um, there's a bunch of different angles. Scripture supports. The majority of them. Well, there's even an element of scapegoat stuff there. Not fully supports the majority of them. Um, But when they're held with the correct emphasis... Yeah. And and we can still argue about, oh, what is that emphasis between penal substitution and Christus Victor? Um, When they're held in at least approximately the correct emphasis, you go, oh, okay. That is the, at least the theory, again, why it's a theory why there are theories of how we move from oh we deserve we our sin holds us as separate from god yeah. christ's death brings us to him you mm. were once far you have now been brought near yeah uh, how do we move from under under the slavery of sin to being brought out and now we are the people of god that exodus yeah. stuff um and that there's there's scripture points to a bunch of different metaphors that work that way. I would say that ransom theory is more of a metaphor than a forensic well, explanation. Yeah. It, um, and so like there's metaphors, there's, and, and I've, I've even yeah. had people say with Chris's Victor, Oh, well that's like a dramatic explanation of yeah. things. And it's like, well, yeah, you're right. I don't think that it's a really good forensic explanation. And, and really the satisfaction penal substitution and technically scapegoat, actually attempt to give a forensic explanation yes and because we discussed how christus victor is more of like a whole bible theology like in its description yeah i again i'm not saying this is biased i think the one with the most scriptural support as a forensic atonement theory has to be penal substitution absolutely and again though we're all protestants here so yeah eh. (laughs) i think the i think obviously moral the, the moral one is the I most. I think it's moral influence theory. Yeah. What is? <laughs> just is. Well, I, I just think the rest of them speak aspects of truth. Yep. But are completely insufficient. Sure. Now, that's the thing. Okay. If you actually hold this. Yeah. But you're on point with who Christ is. Yeah. What his death means and how you should live in light of it. This isn't a salvational issue at all. <clears throat> moral uh, Tobit theory is. <laughs> Well, because that means you believe that he's not sufficient to be the salvation okay, of sure, your soul. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, you're fair. Fair <laughs> enough. If it's only scapegoat, yeah. I, mm, I don't know. I, I don't, know. don't. It's important. And willful ignoring of God's truth is bad. And I think it will manifest multiple yeah. ways. But if you're off on this one point, if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm a satisfaction guy, not a penal substitution. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're... You're not trading in your, your salvation. Then. No. Was, is, I think... I think. Um, if you're moral influence and you deny the divinity of Christ, 
like many actually yeah. can hold that. Um, well, yeah. Well, I it's, think if you're, I think moral influence is just awful. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't know because like it doesn't actually present that Christ satisfies the sins of mm. yeah the, the judgment yeah. of God. And, and additionally, it has doesn't to do change with the, the heart. I would yeah. argue it's yeah. maybe not an atonement theory. Yeah, it has nothing to do with atonement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just held as one, and it should be thrown out. Yeah. As it should go back to where it should be, which is, hey, read the Bible. Well, that's where it ends. The, the, yeah. the, the yeah. point like, is, is actually it should be held as a theory of discipleship. Yeah. Nothing to do with... Yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> it would be a lot better as a yeah. theory of, de- of discipleship. What we're really just learning is ransom theology is a good fiction story. Satisfaction theory is a good philosophy. Um, moral theory, moral f- atonement is a good discipleship model. Yeah. Um, scapegoat is a good description of the one event in Israel's atonement. <laughs> Like one element practice <laughs> right yeah. government theory is like yeah sure the church operates as a community not just an individual under christ yeah christus victor is a good whole bible theology which leaves us with penal substitution and i'm right i never said you were wrong <laughs> you just called it a good whole bible theology no i said penal substitution was like the actual subs- the actual no no you said christus well, victor I... is a good that's whole bible said, theology a good whole bible theology and then penal substitution oh, but... is the theory of atonement yeah, I know. Okay. I know. I know, Joel. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. know if I get your categorization. I'm gonna take it as a win, <laughs> even uh, though. Yeah. Um, what's our next segment? Because we've technically covered everything really poorly, but you know. Oh I, yeah, we're I gonna, feel gonna, happy about it. Let's do a whatever floats your quote. Yeah. Right off the dome, Josh. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was passed this by a very good friend of mine named Caleb. Not this one, of course. <laughs> You have other friends? Yeah, but I've also read the book. It's from Cost of Discipleship. I know like six yeah. Um yeah, By Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he says something about atonement, which is beautiful. Um, he says, we all depend on the Savior. None of us can be saved without him. Christ's atonement is infinite and eternal. Forgiveness for our sins comes with conditions. We must repent. We must be willing to forgive others. Remember, heaven is filled with those who have this in common. They are forgiven. They forgive. Lay your burden at the feet, at the Savior's feet. Let go of judgment. Allow Christ's atonement to change and heal your heart. Love one another. Forgive one another. The merciful will obtain mercy. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Well, Christ. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. The cross, people. The cross. I think the answer is Jesus, probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, but I just don't... It's not wrong, but kind of like ransom theory. It's not the whole thing. Well, what is, what is it? Yeah. The uh, What was the one that's so generic that it can't be wrong? Moral influence. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I consider myself to be, as a person, moral influence theory. It's like, like, it's like, it's like, it's like if you were asked the question, solve for X, yeah. on like the, the, the classic, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm hypotenuse yeah. when you're doing Pythagoras' theorem and you just wrote down Pythagoras' theorem you're like yeah like yeah that's that's math but it's you're not answering the question yeah 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 are we gonna make are we gonna make a quiz that is the personality of each (laughs) atomic theory that'd be very funny I think which atomic theory are you yeah, I, I, take I, this I, quiz, and everyone's just going to be scapegoat. <laughs> That'll be awesome. That'll yeah. be good. Well, 
I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you learned something. Um, if not, that's okay. Maybe there'll be something educational in the next episode. We're trying to get there eventually. I mean, if, if there's something that we didn't cover that you think we should have in Atonement Theory, then absolutely drop it in the comment or yeah. whatever. Or if there's even something you think we misrepresented in Atonement Theories, again, drop a comment. I'd love to know um, mm-hmm. what I said wrong. <laughs> Especially so about governmental because there's so many different things. Yeah, that was a hard one. Yeah. I didn't understand yeah. that. Um, yeah. yeah. Any yeah. concluding thoughts there, Josh? Um, just a reminder, we are second rate. So we can get things wrong. And uh, not can I do? Absolutely. I actualize the can all the time. <laughs> actualize um, the can. <laughs> yeah, we're we're second rate. There's only one that's first rate, and that's Jesus. Um, <laughs> and Stuart. <laughs> and Stuart. I'm like Jesus. He's not here right now. <laughs> Behold, I am with you always. No, Jesus is here. Jesus is here, probably. Yeah. Not in body. He lives in my heart. Anyway, we're going to end there. Uh, Join us next week, um, where hopefully Colton and at some point Stuart, Stuart's going to join us. Stuart? Stuart. Stuart's going to join us. Stuart's going to join us. Stuart. At some point in the next few episodes, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited uh, to have one of the founding members here for the first time. He should come back from his top secret mission. Yeah. Um, Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. I will not. We will. Just end it.